Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your brand new source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. We are here with another episode this offseason, doing one a week this offseason, talking about the NFL draft, kind of starting up our coverage on that, and specifically through a Packers lens. Before we start with anything, though, we just wanted to make a couple quick pitches. If you enjoy what you hear here, Come give us a follow on Twitter, at FatherSonPacker. We would really appreciate it. We tweet out when we have new episodes, articles we find interesting, Packers news regarding free agency right now, injuries in season, and any other news that might come along our desks, so to speak. Uh, we tweet out any interesting videos, some mock drafts, stuff like that, so come give us a follow there. If you enjoy what you're listening even more, come subscribe to us on YouTube. You can find our podcast episodes there. We are dealing with a bit of technical difficulties on that end, but it would also help our numbers a lot, and we would really appreciate it. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find us. And so, without further ado, let's start talking about the draft. We got a couple news items to go to, but before we do anything, my name is Tommy. I am one of your co-hosts, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, my dad, Matt. Dad, that was a lot of an intro, but how are you doing? <laughs> it's a long intro, but uh, I'm doing all right. It's uh, we're into the off season. We're into um, NFL mock draft season. We're into um, Rogers Groundhog Day season. Yep, he's <laughs> waiting, waiting, somewhere waiting, waiting for the shadow. Yeah. he's somewhere out there waiting, waiting to see Bill Murray. Uh, but anyway, this episode is going to be our first official mock draft of the season i don't know if you can hear the excitement in my voice but this is my favorite part of the year is nfl draft season my favorite day of the nfl calendar year we got so much to talk about but kind of to set the stage we just kind of wanted to do a quick seven round mock draft for the green bay packers specifically using the pro football focus mock draft tool very good tool if you haven't used it kind of fun to mess around with different scenarios you might have what happens if i draft this player here what happens if i make this trade etc etc so we're going to be using that doing a seven round packers mock draft but dad before that we got some packers news this week we actually have some real news news not just what the hell is going on um speculation news we've got uh, aaron jones Adjusting yes. his contract to, to stay in Green Bay. Yes, and this was something we had talked about a lot. I know I personally, and I know you felt the same way. His cap hit going into this year was going to be $23 million. And we had talked about this a lot of times. Hey, don't know if he's going to be back. He's definitely not back at that number. They might have to cut him outright. But as was reported by Adam Schefter on yesterday, on Friday, we're recording this Saturday night. Uh, instead of being released, Aaron Jones will be staying in Green Bay this season after the Packers and his agents, Drew Rosenhaus and Ryan Matha, uh, reached agreement on an $11 million salary for the 2023 season that includes an $8.52 million signing bonus. So, good. Thank you so much, Aaron Jones. Uh, I, I'm a player that I know I'm really excited to root for and watch. Exciting on the field, great guy off the field. It was going to be really hard to say goodbye to him, but... Him taking one kind of for the team, taking that pay cut this coming year to stay with the Packers and add another year. Dad, I don't know if you saw, he's actually kind of crawling up the record books of Packers all-time rushers slowly but surely. He plays a few more years here, you never know. But so he's under contract for another two years with the Packers. Uh, he didn't extend or anything, that's just what his existing contract was. Dad, how did you feel about this? I felt good. I was expecting him to come back, actually. However, they managed to rework the contract, whether they... Just did a, a simple restructure, kind of depending a little bit on other salary cap issues. But with this restructure, they reduced his 2023 cap hit 
from like around 20 million. I think it was before. And now, according to over over the cap, it's around, just over 8 million. Next year's cap hit will be 17 million. And he's got three void years after that. So in 2025, when he's no longer signed to play, it'll have another like 11 million. Is it 11 million cap hit? No, no, 6 million cap hit when it voids, I think, um, in 2025. So essentially a. Thirty-one million dollar contract for two years. What he has, what he has right now, but it does get them close to getting under the cap, which they have to do by the start of the um, league year. Um, and so, and we'll, we'll see what else they have to do. There are a bunch of contracts that could restructure, but great to have one of the true good guys in sport, um, a guy who literally has been seen helping little old ladies in the airport. Yes. He was the Packers' Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee for this past year. Uh, everyone loves Aaron Jones. He's what was pretty much their whole offense for good segments of the year last year. Um, pretty much the whole first six or seven weeks, he was easily their best player. I would say he's probably their best player on offense for the majority of the year. They were going to really struggle to match his production and replace that if he wasn't back next year. So that is some huge news for the Packers, some really good news. Yeah. The other and, and he's Sorry, go ahead. And, well, just and before we go on, and he's actually been in some rarefied air for the league in terms of like number of carries and averaging over 5 yards per carry. And there're not that many people who have done it for as many different seasons as he has. Um so he's actually been um with you know, in ter- not so much the big counting numbers, but really putting up some uh, some some high efficiency uh, stats. Yeah, and I think I read somewhere he's one of only two or three running backs the last few years to average over five yards a carry and have a certain number of touchdowns. I want to say it was forty. There's like one or two or three of them. Um, but yeah, rarefied air for Aaron Jones, real linchpin of this team and the locker room. Great to have him back. Um, I don't think there's really much more to say there. I was kind of worried he wasn't going to be here, but he is, which is awesome. The other piece of news that we got is that actually Aaron Rodgers is probably in his darkness retreat right now. But the pieces of news that we have had trickling around, this is a little bit more rumor mill-esque. But interesting stuff nonetheless. A lot of reports that seem to be laying the foundation for the Packers to trade Aaron Rodgers dead. Yeah, and... You know, so so I, I think the the latest one was what I think referring to the um, the Bob um, McGinn um, pod, I guess the podcast. I, with Ty, I was actually Dunn. referring to the Silverstein one. Oh, and then there's a the Silverstein one as well. Where so there are two different things about how the Packers are looking to to move on. Right, the silver the Tom Silverstein one was about how Gudikins was commenting to an unknown um, NFL exec or something about how they were, should be looking to move on to love um, in 2023. I, and then I, have the the quote, we, I have the quote from the, the Silverstein the one if you want to hear okay. it. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so this was tweeted out by Aaron Nagler. Um, it is an article by Tom Silverstein. Uh, the quote is, At one point late last year, Green Bay Packers general manager Brian Gutekunst told an NFL colleague he was convinced it was time the organization move on from quarterback Aaron Rodgers and see what Jordan Love had in him. End quote. That was Tom Silverstein wrote that quote. Um, so it kind of seems like along with the McGinn piece, I am a little bit more skeptical of the McGinn stuff. Uh, it seemed a lot more opinionated and a lot less kind of even keeled, um, a lot more, uh, sensationalized in my opinion. 
uh, reading I mean, um, I th- what was the quotes from the McGinn podcast part. It seemed a lot more like an op-ed, which is fine. But I, I, I think, think the Silverstein one seemed somewhere... a little... Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, go, go ahead. Go. Oh, I was, was going to say... say the McGinn one. I think he even says in the beginning, it's something about he figures. Um, or it's in some way, it's like his conjecture based on conversations that the Packers are ready to move on. Um, and, and, and much more strongly... You know, sort of emotional about wanting to get rid of Rodgers and move on to Love, uh, who is you know um, ready to go. Rodgers two point second coming. Yeah, and there was a lot of stuff in the McGinn one that I think I saw quoted, which was like um, t- takes that made me not necessarily take the whole context of what he was saying with as much weight as I probably would have. Um, but we don't need to go into all of that. But just basically, Dad, the the talk around the town so to speak the talk around the tundra um shout out podcast talk of the tundra go check them out they're very good they do packers content um the talk around the town is essentially kind of it seems like laying the foundation for aaron Rodgers to be traded and that has kind of been reflected in the las vegas odds for what team he is expected to play for next year uh, you want to um, let me throw it over to you, Dad. Let me let me let me speaking throw you this of Las Vegas, Speaking yeah. of Las Vegas odds for the Las Vegas Raiders as the favorite, so you know some of this reporting, even though it sounds kind of sensationalized, is actually reflected in the odds where the Packers are not the favorite to be his team next year, uh, based on the Vegas odds. Not the Raiders the are the favorite or the second favorite. Last I checked, right? And last I checked, the most recent was. Vegas one, Jets two, and then Packers three. And so even though the language in the beginning sounds kind of sensationalist, you know, in some ways would it's not that surprising that they are ready to move on. You know, it's kind of been the the vibe. I think it's a little bit unlikely that this sort of the this kind of information would be shared right now in a time that it would weaken their own bargaining position. In terms of trades, I mean, that's the kind of thing that's a little bit odd that if the team would let this kind of report out, that would then kind of shoot themselves in the foot when it comes to trying to get the biggest trade package for Rodgers. Yeah, and kind of segueing this back into our main topic of discussion for today, which is our mock draft. I think what makes the most sense for this mock draft, because personally, I'm leaning towards probably like a 65% thinking that Rodgers will be traded, 65-70 to 30-35 that he won't be traded. What we've decided to do for this mock draft is, oh, and by the way, those articles and quotes have been retweeted on our Twitter, at Father Son Packer. Go check it out, plugging it once again. We have decided that we are going to, for this mock draft and this mock draft tool, I'm going to start it up right now. We're going to start by going with what the Vegas favorite odds are, which is Aaron Rodgers being traded to the Las Vegas Raiders. And we're going to start with a trade that we think is fairly reasonable. We had talked about what seemed like a reasonable package. And I think what we had settled on, given the fact that Rodgers isn't exactly... Given the fact that the Russell Wilson trade did not go well for Denver, given the fact that Rodgers is not guaranteed to play many more years, given the fact that he's under a large contract, but... Also, given the fact that he's won two MVPs in the last three years, he is Aaron Rodgers, a team that is close, could make a lot of moves. I think he still has at least one or two good years left in him where he will be playing at that top level. And if a team wants to make that push, 
I wouldn't blame them. I think it makes sense. What we landed on as a trade package for Aaron Rodgers was two firsts and two seconds from the Las Vegas Raiders. That's a 2023 first and second, the seventh overall pick, and the 38th overall pick, and then a 2024 first and second. Seems kind of reasonable to me, Dad. What do you think? Yeah, and of course, you see things all over the map, um, I would say. This might be a little bit on the higher side in terms of what people are throwing out there, of course. Some people throwing out there, oh, we should be able to get him for a third. It's like just crazy talk. Um, and uh, Or like five firsts and change you know and but we've this we've is, seen the report though that the jets are willing to offer multiple firsts we've seen that report yes. from other writers there is a bit of a precedent with this price tag being set for a franchise quarterback who has played at an mvp level before yeah and i would say it is for the packers from the Packers' perspective it is in their interest that so Derek carr is visiting the jets um It'd be in the Packers' best interest if Carr does not sign with the Jets. Um, and apparently the Jets are sort of doing their due diligence with Carr, if you re- if you believe the reports. Um, but they still would rather have Rodgers if he's available. Um, and I mean, it could be some gamesmanship and- from the... It could be gamesmanship from the Jets as well. Hey, we don't need Absolutely. to pay you this, this big price tag for... We got Derek Carr right, right here it in the is, other room waiting to sign. We are in lying season from now through the draft. And honestly, sure. through training camp, like we <laughs> and through the season, a lot of, I was going to say it, it never stops. To be honest, <laughs> because everybody's looking to not reveal more and and get a negotiating um, advantage. Like, oh, so like, oh, we'll be happy with Carr, you know, whatever. You don't, uh, we we don't need to offer you very much for Rogers, you know. It's all the and uh, um, lots of stuff going on. It's like, oh, maybe we can get them to rush and uh, um, trade us, but that's a lot of what's going on. Now, you may disagree with our take here that we're going for. Um, a first and a, two firsts and two seconds, but in, in terms of I think this mock draft, the first and second this year are I would say the uh, pretty likely scenario. I mean, they basically got that for Devonte um, last year, and so I think even if you don't think they're going to get quite as much, if the I think the first and second this year are pretty good bet, and maybe if you want to downgrade it, you say well maybe they'll get a second next year instead of the first and second, or just the first next year instead of the first and second. But none of that will affect this mock draft. Um, so we'll do this trade, and then we'll make our um, picks based our picks. on this trade. And so, with the idea that we don't want to get too, too in the weeds for our first official mock draft of the year, this will be the only trade we will make. We've talked about this as we were setting up this <laughs> podcast. When you get that seventh overall pick for the Raiders, oftentimes there is still a quarterback, whether it be... Uh, sometimes CJ Stroud falls that far in this mock draft machine. Sometimes Will Levis falls that far in this mock draft machine. You never know if a team would want to trade up for Anthony Richardson. Um, and so I think if one of those quarterbacks is there and a team wants to trade up, I could fully see the Packers trading down there and accumulating even more picks. This roster does have a lot of holes on it. Um, but for the purposes of mock drafts, but for the purposes of this uh, mock draft, we're not going to make any of those additional we're not trades. Good. We're just going to stick. For my own mock drafts that I've done just for my fun, I have done many of those trades and ended up with like six picks in the top 50. Hey, if the <laughs> It Packers, gets a little crazy. If the Packers want to go that route, I would be 100% for it. If they just want to accumulate, 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 I think it makes sense for them given the, the state of the roster. But for today, let's push through this Rogers trade. Dad, today, let's we'll, get this. We'll, we'll uh, keep it a little bit. So let me offer this trade. And the Raiders accept that trade. And then we'll start the draft. And now we'll start the draft. So we pop up to seven. And yeah, as you said, 
CJ Stroud is available. Players, yes. let's say the the mock what the PFF machine is saying are the top players who are left. So in that, in this one, Jalen Carter to the Bears, Bryce Young to the Texans, Will Anderson to the Cardinals. That's actually pretty reasonable. Probably some of the most highly most likely scenarios, I would say, for those first three. Will Levis to the Colts, Brian Branch, little little high to the Seahawks, Christian Gonzalez. It's a good cornerback class to the Lions. And they need some secondary help. Yeah, so those first six picks seem pretty reasonable. The one thing I feel like is a bit kind of up in the air whether or not you believe it. Obviously, I will never really call one of these mock draft simulators totally um, (coughs) off base or inaccurate just because the draft itself, every single year, there are surprises. In this case, though, the players that are available here, CJ Stroud is available, which I think would be a little surprising within the actual context of the real draft. However, we have not had the combine yet, which does throw a lot of things in flex. We haven't had pro days yet, et cetera, et cetera. I think, Dad, what we've talked about in our reviewing the Packers season so far, we've talked about some needs that they have at edge, receiver, um, tight end, safety, and possibly some help along the offensive line. Is there anything that I'm missing? I don't think that they would take a quarterback here, even if Stroud is there, personally. No, I don't think they'll take one. I think if it turns out this way, there's a good chance they could trade down just a couple of slots to either the Falcons or the Panthers, who, or even like the or the even Patriots, the Titans, or even the Titans. That there would be a number of teams, I think, who would be willing to trade up that they could get something for. It. But we're not going to mess with that right now. But I think that would actually be a pretty strong position for the Packers if it turns out this way. But in terms of the players who are available, besides Stroud. In, in on PFF's uh, list, it's Devon Witherspoon, cornerback, Tyree Wilson, the edge rusher from Texas Tech, Quentin Johnston, um, wide receiver from TCU, Anthony Richardson, the, sort of the fifth um, quarterback on the on most boards, and um, fourth, those quarter, the fourth next, quarterback on most boards. Fourth, fourth, sorry, fourth, fourth quarterback on 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 most boards. And then and you that, get down to guys like Lucas Van Ness, Edge, Iowa, Paris Johnson, Tackle, Ohio State, Kalijah Cansey, Defensive Interior, Pittsburgh, Brian Brzee, Defensive Interior, Clemson, Jordan Addison, Wide Receiver, USC, et cetera, et cetera. At this seven spot, Dad, for me, I would be between Tyree Wilson, Edge out of Texas Tech, and Quinton Johnson, Wide Receiver out of TCU. Uh, in my opinion, I think Wilson has a really solid build i know he didn't do much until his last year in college for me that's not too worrying i think he's a little bit ball of clay e and that he needs some more work but we've seen before like with rashawn gary the packers are willing to take those swings on high upside edge rushers and kind of let them develop they have the players currently on the roster in gary assuming he's able to come back in a reasonable time frame from that torn acl uh preston smith and um help me out dad um J.J. Anigbari, thank you. J.J. Anigbari. Where that they could have those players essentially take those snaps early on as Wilson developed, I could see that completely being an area they go with, specifically, uh, especially given Preston Smith getting a bit older, Rashawn Gary coming off of injury and needing a new contract. And then I could also see them going Quentin Johnson. He is one of the bigger receivers in this draft. Most of this draft, uh, it's kind of an average draft for wide receivers, and most of the receivers are fairly small. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigma and Jigba, very small. Um, Jordan Addison, very small. Uh, Smith and Jigba isn't very small, but he is smaller. 
um, Zay Flowers, very small. Um, you go down the list. A lot of these guys are smaller, proto- like more prototypical slot guys. Those yeah. would be the two players that I would be between. Do you have any that you would want to add to this decision-making process? I think the only other player is he's a little lower on the board for uh, PFF than some of the other sites. Uh, Miles Murphy, See, head okay. from from uh, Clemson. I was going to ask this because I actually personally think I might like Miles Murphy more than Tyree Wilson. I wanted to see what you felt about that. I watched some tape of both of them, mostly highlights. So I haven't really watched like whole game tape, but they were both making plays. I felt like actually they were, uh, they both looked um, explosive around the edge with speed and also splitting the double team. Um, I saw things to like for both of them. And it depends. You know, I'm looking at another site right now that has Murphy ahead of Wilson. Um, yeah. So that's something. So I, I think that some of the likely spots for the Packers in the first edge wouldn't be surprising. Um, safety is something I think they're going to need two of them, but maybe there's nobody. Yeah, I just personally nobody don't think it's. Early. I don't think and, there's anyone this early, and I don't think it's the strongest safety class, unfortunately. Yeah. And Branch is already off the board seen. anyway. He's the highest rated one. And you know, I don't even ways, know if Branch is someone that they would want. He's very small. Also, no, he plays a lot like Savage. He's very similar. He's very player. much like Savage. Plays a lot of slot. Um, there are some other safeties that I like more. If you want, like more run support, which is something that um, the Packers were really hurting for, was more run support from the safeties, and something that fell off compared to the previous years. Yeah, and it kind of fell off um, with Amos's play. Was kind of what I think really hurt. Um, for me here, I what, I would not go edge rusher. <laughs> I would be very tempted to. <clears throat> with the players that are on the board in Wilson and in Murphy. But I just think that the depth of the edge class is a lot better than the depth of the wide receiver class. And so I would be tempted to take Quentin Johnson here. I would be tempted to take Jordan Addison here. He's actually another player that I would like to enter into this conversation. He's not prototypical size for what the Packers look like in wide or look for in wide receivers. But he was the Blitnikoff Award winner two years ago at Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett. Then he transferred over to USC this year. Wasn't didn't have as productive a year, but when you have a year that's as productive as his 2021 year, it's going to be really hard to follow that up. He still had really good numbers, averaged about 80 yards a game or aroundabouts there. Um, had a really nice year, looked good on tape. He's a smaller guy. That is something to keep an eye on. And so yeah. for me, I would be kind of out on the edge position here just due to the depth at that place. I feel like they could get a decent guy at 15 in the edge class or a good guy maybe in the high, that high second-round pick that they got from the Raiders. Um, I don't know what you think. I'd be between Johnson and Addison here. I'm leaning Johnson is how I feel about this pick. So what I would like to say about this is I feel like the players who – actually fit the Packers profile for receivers is pretty is a pretty short list and in terms of opportunity there's opportunity to get some um, edge rushers who will help and play for the Packers in later rounds um, there are a bunch that will follow the second and others and besides Johnston there really isn't much in terms of somebody who's big as well as fast um and Johnson is kind of the main guy in the draft this year at that level. You know, Addison's not short, but he's pretty light. And then there are a bunch of small, really slot guys, like under six feet, under 180 pounds. Um, there are a fair number of those who the Packers have tended to shy away from. And as first-round picks, there aren't that many who have actually succeeded. 
And the thing is, um, for Jordan Addison, profile. You, you say he's he is very small. He, according to College Football Reference, which like we don't have official <laughs> measurements from the combine or anything like that, they have him at six foot one seventy five. Right, which is very small for a receiver. Right, he's six foot one seventy five. High at six foot one eighty. Smith the Jigman is a little bigger, six one two hundred. Zay Flowers Josh is apparently Downs, Zay Flowers five nine one eighty. Each of them, I think. Um, Nathaniel Dell, those guys are all like five ten, five nine, hundred and eighty or less. There are a bunch of players like that, and as first round picks, those players don't usually live up to first round. Yeah, um, so I, I I'd, I'd be in favor of John. I wouldn't mind Johnston here, even though it's you know a little unusual for the Packers to pick a receiver yeah. this high, just because there's not another one like him in the draft. And that's the thing is, I think we need to talk about if they were to take a receiver here, that it would not be very on brand for them. It would be pretty out of character to take a receiver here. But I think that part of what goes into that decision for me doing this mock draft is that I think if this is assuming Jordan Love is going to be the quarterback next year, I think he needs more help than an Aaron Rodgers would need at this stage in his career. So I think you pay that premium for another receiver, give him these weapons around him, like you see the Eagles do with Jalen Hurts, young quarterback. You see what adding two high-level weapons around him does for his confidence and his ability out there. Uh, you see this with lots of other young quarterbacks. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, exactly. Another one that comes to mind where starting out um, really helps young quarterbacks' development to have these elite weapons around him. And so I am leaning Quentin Johnson here. If you're fine with it too, um, just a little spiel on him. I feel like he moves so, this is kind of a bit holistic, but he moves so naturally out there without the ball in his hands, with the ball in his hands, and he's huge for how well he moves out there. Um, I know there are some concerns about his consistency game to game. I would argue that there are also there would just be concerns about TCU's passing offense in general game to game. Um, they didn't have the most dynamic passing offense in the country this year. I know he only put up like a catch versus like a single catch versus Georgia in the national championship game. Doesn't worry me too much. TCU was essentially <laughs> drowning out there from the first second, and Curb it was in that game. It was really bad for the whole team. I don't think it was just a Johnson problem. He did amazing in the conference semi or in the championship semifinal game. Um, so I would like to lock in Johnston, Quinton Johnson, wide receiver at a TCU at seven. I think in real life they would probably trade down from this spot, but this is the player that I think that they would really help Jordan Love's development. I think is the biggest thing with this draft. Yeah, and they only have th- um, four wide receivers under contract. Three who have actually got any wide receiver, any NFL experience. Under contract now, yeah. so I, I expect them to add like two or three here. With maybe, uh, maybe they'll add a, add a slot guy later. But Quinn Johnson, it is. I, I, I think with him available here, we'll go ahead and maybe this is you know the Packers will build up like they had. Remember how many receivers and how good the the receiving room was in like 2011. Yep, early in Rogers' career. And we, I can hear everyone saying Packers never draft a receiver that high, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is true. They haven't in the past, but they've also always had Aaron Rodgers. And I think the main point of this draft should be to help Jordan Love be the best quarterback he can be. And I think he needs more receiver help in in that way. Um, we sim down to 15. The players that went from 7 to 15. Dad, if you could just scroll up for me a little bit. Uh, CJ Stroud went to the Falcons. Anthony Richardson went to the Panthers. So two quarterbacks back-to-back there in this simulation. 
Uh, Devon Witherspoon, corner out of Illinois, went to the Eagles. Lucas Van Ness, uh, edge rusher out of Iowa, went to the Titans. Brian Brzee, defensive interior out of Clemson, who I really like, um, went to the Texans. Paris Johnson Jr., tackle out of Ohio State, went to the Jets. And then Peter Skaronsky, tackle out of Northwestern, went to the Patriots, leaving the Packers on the clock. And, Dad, some good players here, still available. And one of them that we had Tyree already been Wilson talking about them taking. Tyree Wilson and Miles uh, Murphy are both still available as edge rushers here at pick 15. And, and so, uh, so it is true that there are also some good offensive linemen who are going to go in the first round, and two of them just went. Um so we could still get the same guy we were debating at yes. the last pick. And this is the thing. I think you do go edge here, especially with the edges yeah, that are on the board. And I think it is between, for me, Wilson and Miles Murphy. There is some little voice in the back of my mind talking about, hey, imagine how nice it would be to also grab Jordan Addison here. Um, <laughs> there are some thoughts on whether or not they might want to take a swing along the defensive interior and get a guy like Kalaja Kansi. Uh, I'm not in love with him like some other people are. Um, and then I think that the offensive line is not needing a first-round pick necessarily right now. I think it needs a little bit more depth, but I don't know if they need another starter right now. Um, so for me, I would be between not a first-round pick because I think because yeah. usually for first round you get a tackle, and I think they're pretty good on tackles right now, as we talked about in the last last show. If you're going to upgrade a spot, it'd probably be of, center. Uh, it'd be center in terms of um, where the team starters rank in the league. Um, yep. Myers is the lowest um, among their starters in terms but of position not, rank in the league. Not to forget, he's fifth amongst position <coughs> rank in pass blocking. His pass block ranking is, is yeah, his fifth overall, um, and then he was like 26 or something overall, but because his front block grade is not as good. Yeah, but pass block grade, yeah, was 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 still good. So I don't think they're going to spend a first rounder on a lineman, and there's no safety um, in terms of and I don't think I think that we'll get some extra defensive interior help, but I don't think this early. And the tight ends, I think it's a little too early still to pick a tight end. And so for um, me, I'm between Murphy so, and Murphy and Wilson here. And I don't I don't know how you feel about each one. I think I might even like Murphy more, even though PFF does have Wilson a lot higher in their projections and based on this simulator. Where are you kind of stacking up here? Um they both um, a similar size, 6'5", 6'6", 275, which is kind of the size the Packers like um, for their edge rushers. Um, Murphy, I, we don't know yet. I mean, I was looking to say, were they kind of estimating their 40 times? I don't know what data they're using for that. Um, has Murphy is a little more athletic, and they have a, high, um, a higher grade as opposed to PFF that has... Um, Wilson is a higher grade. They and are... Just to talk a little bit about some of their production numbers this year, Tyree Wilson this past year in 10 games had 8 sacks, 32 hurries, and 10 hits. And then Murphy this past season uh, had, let me just pull it up, uh, 6 sacks, 7 hits, 21 hurries in 13 games. So 3 more games, 2 less sacks, 11 less hurries, 3 less hits. Uh, however, he did have nine sacks in 2021 with 33 hurries. Um, compared to Tyree Wilson, on the other hand, he only had six sacks and 26 hurries in 2021. So uh, two years ago, Murphy was better this past year. Wilson had more production. Wilson kind of came onto the scene a bit more this past year. 
I think it's very close between the two of them for me. Um, let me double check what age group yeah, so each the- of these guys are in as well. For Wilson, he is 6'6", 275 is their approximate, not official height weight. Um, he is going to be 23 by the start of the year. And then Murphy is 6'5", 275, but he is only 21. And so oh, I think okay. that, that I is would... kind of a deal breaker there for the Packers. They like to go younger. Yeah, with that information, I think they'll go Murphy. I think their other profiles look pretty similar. Maybe Wilson's run grade is a little bit better, but I think the age is going to be the tiebreaker here. Yeah, so and something I, I say go Murphy. And something I'm interested to see at the combine, which will be coming up in like a week and a half, I think two weeks, is arm length for each of these guys. I believe both of them are going to be at the combine. Um, if we official measurements on that arm length are going to be interesting because I think that Wilson has longer arms just based on what I've watched. Uh, but I really like Murphy as well, so let's go Murphy here. Um, pick 15. I think going Quentin Johnson, Miles Murphy would be a slam dunk first round for the Packers. Um, would be very happy with that. I don't know how you feel about it. We'll go Murphy being younger. I think Wilson's arms are projected to be really long. Um, Yeah. Like over 35. And Murphy's are more like 33 and a half projection. I don't know where. And I don't know. Some some measurements for people came out at the senior bowl. I don't think either one of these guys were. Oh, well, maybe it was there. Because they do some measurements at the senior bowl. Yeah, so let's go um, anyway. Miles let's Murphy. go. Let's go Murphy for the uh, the younger player. And now we've taken two picks. Took sort of a premium position um, where you get uh, an edge rusher in the first round, which uh, yes. I think you usually have to pay for pay a first round pick to get a high impact player. Yeah, and then and this takes we... us all the way down to pick thirty eight, which would be the second round pick that they would hypothetically get in that trade for Aaron Rodgers. Um, several players go between that last pick and the Packers next pick. We don't want to be here the whole night, so we're not going to read off every single pick every time. But some players that are on the board here for the Packers that they might be interested in. Um, Josh Downs is an interesting one if they wanted to go receiver again. Mostly a slot guy. I'm not super high on him. He's uh, pretty small. Going down the low, uh, list, Daywan Jones is an interesting tackle prospect out of Ohio State. He had a yeah he he's had a really nice career at, at Ohio senior, State. I think he looked good at Senior Bowl too. Yes, very nice Senior Bowl. Felix Anodike Ozoma out of Kansas State is an edge that I partic- personally really like. But I think that if they took Murphy, I don't know if they would go back to back on edges in that way. Dad, what do you think in here at this spot? Where do you usually go when you're in a second round pick spot like this? So often in the second round is where I'm trying to grab a tight end and a safety. Um. And so I just mentioned, but after our last pick, the top three tight ends went off the board. Meyer, Musgrave, and Kincaid, back to back to back um, in the 20s. Usually one of them makes it early, early second round. And we don't know what it's going to actually look like um, yes. in a live draft. And, I'm, and a, then, I'm willing, Dad, I'm willing to go on record here for the first time. Not a believer in Meyer, the tight end out of Notre Dame. I don't know if he has the movement skills to really thrive at the position. Um, if you look at, uh, do you want to give us your data on tight end athletes? Because I know you did some work on this, um, between podcasts and pretty much the, uh, the quick, quick overhead view of it is that you need to be an elite athlete to be a really good tight end. I don't know if mayor is that take it away, dad. So I did a little, just a quick analysis of the top five tight ends in receiving yards for the last 10 years. 
Um, just total total yards. Just for so you're talking about players who get in production, earning targets, and putting up big numbers. And then I looked at their RAS scores um, over the last year. So, and RAS scores for people who don't know, relative athletic score takes into account position, size, and then athletic testing numbers. Speed, explosive, explosion, agility. Anyway, for I got you know, there's one player who didn't have a um, a RAS score, but 49, 33 of the forty nine had a RAS score over nine in terms of the finishers. Thirty three of the forty nine finish finished slots. So some of those are counting players twice had a RAS over nine. Twenty three different players finished in the top five in the last ten years. And out of those players, fifteen of the twenty-two had a RAS over nine. So that's being in the 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 top ten percent among NFL players at the position. Um, and then two more were over eight, and four more over seven. There's only one player in the last ten years who finished in the top five in um, receiving yards as a tight end and finished under seven, and that's Zach Ertz. Everybody else. There are two players or um, a couple players in the sevens, Delaney Walker, Mark Andrews, Eric Ebron, and uh, Cal Rudolph, and a couple eights, and then all the rest were in the nines. Um, so all you know, the guys like you know, Gronk, Kelsey, Kittle, um, Jimmy Graham, yeah. Dallas Goddard. Pretty much anyone you Eric can think Olson. of that is an elite t- tight end is an elite athlete. So what you want to be looking for for tight ends if you're aiming for upside is elite movement traits because, you know, the guys that are kind of plotting, the guys that are more blockers, they're kind of a dime a dozen these days. And the main, as much as we love guys like Mercedes Lewis and what DeGuar brings to the running game, these aren't the guys that you invest like high capital, high level picks in. And so for me, the only one of those three guys above that have already been drafted that I'm super high on, you could maybe convince me on Musgrave. I need to watch a little bit more of him, admittedly. I'm really high on Kincaid. I know he's a little small. I know that smallness scares yeah. a lot of people after what happened with Sternberger, where he just wasn't, he couldn't be fast and big. It wasn't possible for him. And so it just yeah. kind of washed out. Um, so for, for comparison, Sternberger's RAS is 6'5", I think. Um, five point one seven. Oh goodness, it was worse than I remembered. Yeah, and so and then uh, Deguara's is six point six six as a tight end, and then but it's a lot better. If you as let a him pick a fullback, much better as a fullback. Um, Tunyon, however, did pretty well. Uh, eight point eight four. Yeah. Um, for, but let's get back to this pick, Dad, before we go on too big a tangent on tight ends. You said this is normally a spot you look at tight ends. Those top three tight ends are gone. The next one that I like is Laporta, but he's not quite going this high generally. Laporta out of um, Iowa, that is, tight end. Tight end factory, Iowa. Um, and then you said you normally look Iowa. safety. Iowa. Normally you look safety here. I'm not a huge fan of the safeties that are here. I see you kind of zoning in on Sidney Brown. A uh, defensive interior guy that I like here, if you felt like going in de- um, for interior D-line, Siaki Ika is another guy that I think has some interesting explosiveness for his size. I don't know. Yeah, so in terms of what I've done in the past, and often I've kind of traded to get myself into positions for players I want, um, either trading down. One safety I actually kind of like, who um, seems to be able to do um, run support, 
hit and co- do some covers, Antonio Johnson, but he went towards the end of the. He's already gone. See, I I, I do not like a big Antonio Johnson big guy. Fan. And I do like Sidney Brown. He was doing play, did very well apparently at the Senior Bowl. Um, and is there another? There's another guy. Jamie Robinson is a little small, but he he likes to hit. Um, he's not will. He's not afraid to get in there and and do some run support. Yeah, but those guys I'm, are all a little rich for this point in the second round. We're kind of in a dead spot. You know, another player, another group I like to get are. are uh, D tackles. Um, so one possibility could be. Um, I would be game for Ika here personally. I think that would be a pretty solid pick. Uh, how do you feel about maybe going tackle here? We could go tackle. Another thing I've done in terms of we're looking at uh, talking, we are talking a little bit about center is um, John Michael Schmitz. Apparently was really looking good at the senior bowl center for Minnesota. Um, See, I just I know we disagree on this. I just don't think they move on from Myers this quickly. Maybe not, but if you're picking, you're basically picking a a, a tackle just for investment. That's true. At this, if you're picking and to pick one in round two at this point, I think would be a little surprising. Okay. I I I, th- I expect them to take two or three um, offensive linemen in the draft, but that I ex- also expect them to wait until later rounds because it's not a pressing need at this point. So I could see they got okay. five, seven round picks. So let's take tackle off the board for now then. And let's think about D tackle safety or tight end. I personally like some of the later round safeties. I personally like Ronnie Hickman and Yair Brown more than most of these other guys at this spot. So I would lean Ika or Laporta, personally. I don't know about you. I'm kind of looking. You know, of course. Then there's another, the other tight end um, from Georgia, Darnell Washington. There's another guy, huge, who's often, huge guy, often in the um, that's a that's... second or third round. Is another player to throw out here. I mean, the, the Packers have the 38th pick, the 45th pick, and then the 78th pick coming up. Yeah, big gap between those that second second rounder their original second rounder and then their third rounder um i kind of steered us on those first two picks a little bit and i think we leaned a little more into what i was feeling i know you're really high on sydney brown would you feel comfortable with him here or would you want to wait on safety i think he's almost certainly going to be still around at 45 um and and there are other safeties that i like i think actually i like um the other safety um from Alabama, Jordan Battle. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and, he, and he's expected to go a little later, though. Some sites have him rated higher. I like him as a possibility in terms of what the Packers need um, at safety. But uh, we could go for a big guy. I mean, they're a little bit harder to come by, though we could see if we, we basically have three more picks in the first two days left. And we think, think about what we want to do with these kind of higher value picks. We talked about really needing tight ends and really needing safeties. Yeah. And we don't yet have either. And we've got three picks left. Yeah. And so, so that's I why I do feel like we could get a D tackle and then a safety and a tight end. Um, I think one of these three picks on day two in real life and here should be a tight end. Um, yeah. I think that they've left that position kind of, let like just ignored it for a very long time and i think this is a really strong tight end class which you don't get very often i feel the same way about the safety position as a need 
I don't feel the same way about the safety position in this year's draft class. I don't think it's a particularly long, particularly strong safety class, whereas I think this is a tight end draft class that you can capitalize on. So I think this day two, they should leave with one of, in our situation, with who is here, one of Laporta or Washington. Um, yes. So would you want to and- take Laporta here and then just let whatever falls to 45 fall? And because three tight ends already went off the board in this simulation. You, yeah. the, the, he's the next one off the board. So we could go Laporta and then see what see who's left when we get to uh, the next one. See if uh, Ika is still there or not. All right, I'm game for it. Let's go Laporta. All right, let's go tight end. Let's go Laporta. He looks like he's got. I was watching. He's like breaking tackles, decent he, speed. He's big. He moves well. The big. I think the big question mark based on what I've heard is there are some question marks on his ball skills, um, but I think that he just doesn't look super graceful catching it sometimes. But he'll catch it. Um, I'm really high on him. Just big and can move well is hard you can't teach that um so uh fall into 45 here uh ika and sydney brown are both here on the board um you go ahead and take your pick because i think they need a safety and they need they don't defensive interior is not as big a need so if you're really high on sydney brown i would be game for that as a pick because <laughs> they need to double they up and to- take darnell washington also <laughs> just tight ends on tight ends. We're going to run only 12 personnel every single time out. We're Maybe a little 13, put running, Mercedes with them. We're going to be running like four zero. <laughs> I would want to wa- draft Washington just <laughs> selfishly to be able to watch him learn from Mercedes Lewis. Cause I think that would be really fun to watch. But anyway, let's say, let's say we'll go Ika now. Okay, they do need some more defensive help on the interior. There are some guys, not necessarily stars, that I think can help in the later rounds, but we're going to go with Ika and then hope that one of the safeties is still like, which are Brown, Battle, and um, so Sidney Brown, Battle, and then Battle, and then uh, Jair Brown. Yeah, I think it's actually pronounced Yair. Yair, I think it's okay. a Y sound. And then I really like Ronnie Hickman as well. Um, I think he's pretty good. He's a little slight, but I think he's a good player. Um, <laughs> oh, but let's go also, in terms of a second round receiver. I also like Michael Wilson, who's um, who I was really who really in? like Michael Wilson. He was really good at the Senior Bowl. The health is such a such a red flag. He Just to hasn't finished you know, a season. I don't think it's somebody to. Th- he may not, but uh, who was it? The uh, the fr- that franchise guy on YouTube had just gave his top ten, and he called Michael Wilson Diet Devonte Adams. Michael Wilson moves really well for a big guy. <coughs> there is a dearth of big guys in this draft for a receiver. But anyway, which we talked about with I'm Johnson throwing his name out there as an interesting um, prospect. But let's go player. big. Let's go big. Go big or Get go Ica, home, and then. Our, our defensive line is still not good enough. Let's go. Let's get one more. And now we'll see who lasts till 78. Yeah, and so this is going to be the big waiting game, assuming they have these two seconds. And we're getting down here. If we're looking at that safety position, it's looking a little slim. Um, however, Michael Ooh. Wilson is still on the board. Yes, Darnell Washington went the pick just before us. Um Jordan Battle went a few picks earlier. In terms of safeties that were left, there's some other guys. Um, JL Skinner, in terms of run support, I think isn't bad. 
I don't know if he did so well in the one-on-one and as a um, cover safety at the Senior Bowl. Yair Brown is still there, still expected to be around for a little bit longer, but I don't like waiting too long on a safety when we are so desperate for a safety. But it is true that like Michael Wilson's still there. Um, Derek Holt and Rice is still there. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I don't think they would go um, running back here yet. I think they might. They probably will still draft one. But I'm guessing fourth or fifth round for a running back. Okay, put this in your mind. Imagine Michael Wilson. Imagine he gets through the combine, the the pre-draft process, etc. And let's say teams feel totally comfortable with his medicals. He could be a top 40, top 50 pick, in my opinion. Yeah, he might not be here. He could be in the second round pretty easily. He and might, so um, the reason the reason he's falling this far is because of medical concerns. And so it's kind of baked into like his draft position is those health concerns. And that's the only reason he would be available this late. And so it comes down to the fact, like, do you think the Packers would want to take that kind of risk on a guy who might be a top 50 talent, top 60 talent, top 40 talent, somewhere in that range, some like top of day, top of day two, like kind of talent, but has, I don't think he finished a season at Stanford. If I remember correctly, uh, based on my initial, um, studies, I can pull it up real quick. Yeah, the other thing is, would they feel, you know, they need to, um, you know, just say reach for the the health of Michael Smith after already getting Quentin Johnston Michael in the Wilson. first round? Sorry, Michael Wilson. He has played, I just looked it up because um, we had a second. He played four games in 2020, four games in 2021, and six games in 2022. So... No, has barely played a half a season each of the last three years. I think that that's something you can't necessarily take a risk on, personally. Yeah, it's it's really hard. It's really hard. When... Yeah. So, and I think if they if they already have Johnston, I think they might. There's still some uh, receivers they could take a reach on later. I think we'll see who's who lasts that long. But I am feeling like we about getting a safety because I think we should leave with two and not want to go get at least one safety before the end of day two. So safeties I feel like are available are um, JL Skinner from Boise State. Um, it's a decent option. And um, Yair Brown. Yeah, I like him out of um, Penn State. I know we've been talking about him. Penn State. Um, Brandon Joseph out of Notre Dame is still there. Um, uh, I wasn't super wild about him, uh, but something to keep in mind, he's higher on their draft board than some of these other guys. Maybe beyond safety specifically here. Beyond him, um, did battle already go? I think he did. I think Skinner's the highest left. Battle went, uh, about five or, five uh, or six picks earlier. Either of the Florida guys, Rashad Torrance, the second or trading the third are decent, but they don't really blow me away. And they're projected to go closer to the fourth, fifth round. We're kind of in that bit of that dead zone where any safety here, I think, would be a bit of a reach. Um, that is the one concern here. I almost think they just double dip at receiver at this point. Oh, Michael Wilson's my favorite player left, but the red flags of the injury are just, I think, too much to bet on. Um, I could see them going... Uh, what's his name from Michigan State? Um, 
Oh, uh, uh, Jaden uh, Reed had Jaylen a really nice Jaden Reed, Reed. Reed had a really nice Senior Bowl. He is pretty small, also six foot one eighty five, and he's going to be twenty three by the time the season starts. So there is that. Uh, what are your thoughts on Cedric Tillman? He's a guy I haven't looked at yet. I've watched some of Reed. I've watched some of Rasheed Rice, who I'm not so high on as some people. Uh, I feel like he wasn't separating all that well at the Senior Bowl, and he's not as big as people thought he was going to be. Um, I've watched little A.T. Perry, little Trey Palmer, um, Marvin Mims, and Xavier Hutchinson, I got, guys I kind of like who are projected to go later. Um, and uh, So Cedric Tillman is one of the other few big guys in this draft at receiver Tennessee had a really 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 good year two years ago and then this past year kind of dealt with ankle injuries and was never really quite a hundred percent um he's got decent wiggle uh decent after the catch played opposite Jalen Hyatt for a lot of the year um has a really big body that he uses in short to intermediate routes to um kind of shield off defenders pretty well a lot of this is stuff I heard on NFL Stock Exchange. Just listen to that podcast. Their opinions of him. Um, he's something that I, someone that I would be interested with here. If um, you would be fine with them taking another receiver, Tyler Scott is another very speedy guy out of Cincinnati. A lot of speed. Someone that could be they could find interesting. I think adding more speed on offense is never a bad thing. Um, so I wouldn't go safety here necessarily. I would maybe go Tillman or Scott, um, and then wait at safety. But I know it is hard to wait at safety when safety is such a need. We should probably get moving, though, because we are only in the third round and we're getting close to the hour mark. We are close to the hour mark. Okay, we've been we've been talking a lot about each, each pick. I feel like we need to go safety here. Um, and so then it's a matter because I think we need more than one. Skinner is not so fast. He's a bigger guy. Probably not as good as coverage. Good run sport. He's almost like a, he's like 6'4". Um, to 10. Um, Yair Brown is, is 5'11", 208. Yair Brown's a little small. I, he would be my pick just because I think he's my favorite safety that I've watched. Um, so I would be in favor of picking up uh, Yair Brown. Okay, let's go Yair Brown. I think it's a reach, but I, I like him as a player, and I could see him rising by the time the draft starts. Yeah, some of this will depend on the testing. Uh, play. So let's let's go there. So now we're through day two. Heading into their um, the fir- their fourth round pick, the first of their picks here, and so now we're thinking a little bit about other players. Um, positions I often grabbing around here are like a second safety, or if I haven't picked up yet, uh, a um, D lineman like uh, Kendrick Coburn or um, Zach Pickens, or a second wide receiver like Trey Palmer. Is a, is a player mm-hmm. I, I I often get here, um, or um, I think here's also I could see starting Mims, to maybe. look at offensive linemen. Um, are there any here that you find yourself gravitating towards and at the offensive line positions? Or I mean, not at this point. I've actually been waiting even later than this to pick up hmm. linemen. So I've been looking at more of the linemen who are available earlier. There are some running backs like um, Tajay Spears, or if I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, who was killing it at, at the, the Senior Bowl. Bowl. Looked like yeah. the best player there. Uh, if uh, you think it's time to get a running back, 
he's still available. The running backs I, I like that are usually often still available later here are Zach Evans, um, Kenny McIntosh, Tajay Spears. So for me, I think I would have been comfortable taking a running back here if they weren't going to bring back Aaron Jones. The fact that most of those snaps are going to get eaten up by Jones and Dylan, I just don't see it being a super good use of resources to take one in the fourth round here. Yeah, and this is the thing you feel about running backs as opposed to some other positions. You can expect a good return from a rookie running back in their first year. So you can wait to draft running back until the year you need them. Exactly. Um, and so, so here, you don't, I could see... A, contrary to what the Packers did a couple years ago when they got A.J. Dillon. <laughs> I could see Joseph being an option here if they want to go safety and safety again. What are your thoughts well, about that? That's the kind of thing they do a lot of, actually, is to double up at a position in the draft, sometimes even with back-to-back picks. Um, who else? I guess Joseph was probably the best of the safeties who are left. Yeah, and um, then receivers who are left, I think that's another position that they might double up on. Um, yeah, uh, uh, Xavier Hutchinson, a bigger receiver at Iowa State. I don't know if he blocks as well as Lazard, but um, he's a big some, body. I know there are some similarities between big guy from Iowa <coughs> State. Yep. Trey Palmer is a guy, I think, who's got some possibilities. Uh, maybe Marvin Mims as well from Oklahoma. Um. Other positions, I think they're going to be looking to get. They think they'll probably add a corner at some point in the draft. They you could think, also look. I, to, I don't see them adding a corner until like the sixth or seventh round. A, a late one. And there's some guys I like uh, who, sh- who often make it to the end of the fifth round. Um, Julius Brintz mm-hmm. from Kansas State, who did was looking really good at the senior role. Maybe he won't last this long. Some of the players I pick as they get later are sort of quirks of the um the ranking system of one site versus another i often am looking at like five or six different sets of rankings to decide players that are um bargain you know a, a good good value at a particular spot yeah well let's so make let's, a pick here i'm not huge right. on brandon joseph personally um for me i could see them going receiver again and if you liked xavier Sorry, I haven't I haven't watched him yet. It was Xavier Hutchinson. Xavier Hutchinson or maybe even um the guy from Nebraska. Um even more so Trey well, Palmer. Mm-hmm. Trey Palmer? Trey Palmer is yeah, Trey Palmer. Nebraska, yeah. Um whichever one he, of those that you want to go with, I would lean Hutchinson just for another I think size guy. Um and then look Palmer, up again how big Palmer is. Palmer is he's got some six one one six one one ninety three. Yeah. Not and as big as Hutchinson, Hutchinson is like two hundred something. Six three two oh five. Yeah. But I think Palmer looks like he's got a little bit more speed. Mm-hmm. Um and Okay. Let's go let's go Palmer. Let's go Palmer go and let Palmer. it take us. I, I've kinda liked Palmer what I've seen. So we'll go for our second wide receiver here in in the fourth. And now we'll see. Because I think they're gonna take two. Um and it kind of depends on how many picks they end up with. Now we're at one. We're we're one fifty one. We're in the fifth round now. Um, I often like grab like the best cornerback um, left or running back at this point. Um, like like I said with Aaron Jones getting drafted, I think they might just stick with a 
undrafted free agent here. That's um, with that third running back spot, I, and then wait a, wait a year or two to to address that position. They could go for a corner depth. They could go. Is there uh, another tight end they might want to go for? They could also go start to look at offensive linemen. So who's here that I like now in the later rounds? Um, don't know enough about some of these guys. Um, but they could get Julius Brents here. Another um, safety. Or they could go for another um, D-tackle. Let's see who's left at um, Slade from Michigan State. If they want to – or who's another edge? Is there any edge that I like? See, I think that if they're going to take Ika that high, that they're going to they're they're going to not necessarily address the position again because they're going to want to give Wyatt snaps. Clark's there. I think they like what they've gotten out of Slayton. Like we've seen, they tend to take these deta- de- defensive interior guys on a little slowly, and so I could imagine Wyatt having a big role next year. So I I don't know that they would necessarily go defensive interior here. Especially what do you think about an extra edge, a second edge rusher. I think that makes some sense, uh, especially with Gary's injury, and they're going to need guys to eat snaps early. Um, I could see that happening if there's a guy that you like here. I think I like um, Ochon Mathis, but I have to double check on that. Um, okay, well, let's let's think a little bit about. So yeah, Mathis out of a, Nebraska. Out of Nebraska. Ah, you can go little, back, to back, back to back Nebraska. He's uh, got a pretty decent uh, pass rush win rate and run stop rate are, are pretty good um, for, you know, fifth round, another fifth round uh, edge rusher. 12 games played this last year, had 25 <laughs> hurries, five hits, and three sacks. Um, decent production. I mean, it's a fifth round pick. You're not going to have a perfect player. They're listing him at 6'5, 260. Bigger guy. I know you know the Packers like those bigger guys on the edges, or at least historically have. Um, I could see that definitely being the pick. Do you want to we'll st- want to stick that and write down, write it in ink? Sure. Run the card. Well, I'll go ahead and uh, grab him. Yasir Abdullah from um, Louisville's another possibility. He's. Let's... He, I've watched him, and he just seems really small. In the like, his legs seem small. Um, I don't know if he's really the type of edge rusher they go for. He seems like light in the pants, as they would say, with draft jargon. Um, I think he needs to put on weight. Um, All right, I don't know. Let's That's go how Mathis. I feel about him. Let's go Mathis. I'll uh, try to pick up the pace a little bit here as we go on. Yeah, we got now what, we are... three more picks? Four more picks? No, we got we got one more fifth rounder, no sixth rounder, and five seventh rounders. Uh, and the seventh rounders are might as well be dart throws. We'll try and power through those. But let's take our time here at least on this last fifth rounder dad who do you like here what position do you usually go for is this uh, another safety this probably had been my wide res- uh, sorry my running back spot uh, but yeah we don't we don't have our second safety yet so uh, I would often get like uh, Kenny McIntosh in this round but if we want to wait even longer or just even go you know Udfa with Jones resigning recently let's see who's um DeMarco Hellams is a guy, actually. The, 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 a third safety from Alabama um, is a guy I kind of like as a late safety here. I um, am mostly going to defer to you at this point in our mock draft. These are some of the guys that I have not quite gotten the chance to watch as closely as you have, I know. Uh, Hellams, just looking at this, had 
just a 10% missed tackle rate as a safety. That's not great, but not horrible. Playing at Alabama, you know, he was an elite prospect coming out of high school. Uh, beyond that, played 900 defensive snaps for Bama this past year, 760 the, the year before. Um, played a pretty good, played uh, 151 snaps in the slot, 206 in the box, and then 535 deep. So majority of the time spent deep, but did play at a few different levels of the defense. Um, beyond that, Dad, anything, any thoughts on him for him? I'm just kind of going through their player profile. Uh, graded out better against his, the his... run than in coverage, but graded about average in coverage. Um, like we said, PFF grades aren't a perfect uh, metric, but they are something to go off of at least. I would be game for going with him here. I think they need more safety depth. I think they're desperate for more safety depth. And taking a flyer on a guy who went to Bama, it's not a bad yeah. option. In terms of who's left, I, I he's probably, at this point, maybe the best... Um, go for a second safety here let's take Helms and now we start getting into the um I suppose I could have looked at offensive linemen at that spot that's one thing I forgot to do to see who was available because there are some guys I like around the 200 turn and let's see who's still here now yeah I think two of these seventh round picks would be I think realistically that sixth round pick probably would have been an offensive lineman I think taking a second defensive interior guy was a bit of a a um yeah and there's the, the, the one tackle that I really that I kind of like who might go a little earlier just went just before us and there's some other I think tackles who's I the, like but who's the tackle you liked Wanya Morris from Oklahoma okay um, I think he's a little bit more can play tackle than some of the other guys who are here but I like the two Oregon linemen T.J. Bass and Alex Forsythe the center Bass played tackle but projected to be a guard because of his shorter arms um, and then he's other the guys of, that's who, the kind of guy that the Packers generally take and move to guard. Yep, and uh, Richard uh, Garage, or however you, I'm not sure how you pronounce his name, from Florida, and John Ojukwu from Boise State. Of uh, these guys, I think Garage maybe has more tackle potential than um, Bass, and Forsyth is a center. Um, so, like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to you here with these with these later seventh round picks. I do think they go offensive line just. To Im- yeah, my input on positional here. value, I think it would be it would surprise me to for them to not have taken an offensive lineman at this point in the draft. I think they probably take one earlier than this. For us, though, it was just value on the board with what was there. We liked the guys who weren't playing offensive linemen at those spots more. I know we didn't necessarily discuss the offensive lineman as much, but pretty much at every single one of those picks, there was a guy staring us in the face. We really were high on, and one of us was at least very high on, and we had to take just the player yeah. we thought was a good player. Um, but here, Dad, let's let's go with uh, that right, organ. So that I'll organ go with, tackle. I'll go with Bass here at, at uh, um, the two, uh, pick two thirty four, and now we go three spots later to two um, thirty seven. Do we get a second edge yet? At this point, we have. Yes, gone. we did. Yes, we, did. we, we took, took the guy. We took to... Mathis from yeah. um, Nebraska. I was thinking another edge I often get in the seventh round is Habakkuk Baldonado. I think he's a very interesting player. I don't know if he'll actually last this long. I think he's got a good athletic profile, but he's only been playing football for like four years. Mm, I forget okay. where he moved to the U.S. from and only played one year of high school football. So he's an interesting prospect to pick up late um, as a second-edge rusher. Um, but I might actually double up on O-line here. I think that's something the Packers do a lot, so I could totally and see that so, 
Oops, I didn't get uh, the... So I'm thinking the the Oregon Center, actually, going back to Oregon, Forsyth, as All a right. late round center, I think is probably the best of the interior linemen available. So I'm going to grab him. I wonder if he's related to the Forsyth that came out of Florida a few years ago. I don't know, and I don't know if that Forsyth had an E at the end or not. This one does not. Something to look up later. Um, we could get a seventh round running back now. I think that would be very guy, reasonable. Um, I think it's Taiwan Evans from Louisville. He's Great also last. Great last got game. some pass. Right, perfect. <laughs> He's got to be a star. He's got, I think, also some pass catching ability. If I could double check on that. Um, and he, I think he. He's, I haven't watched film of him yet, but he's a possibility here as one of these last few picks to get to add a really late round. Um, I think a late round running back would be a great a great pick. I, I like I said, I don't know, I don't think they're going to go as high as I initially thought with the fact Jones coming back. But a seventh rounder, I mean, I, I Patrick Taylor's fine. There's room for improvement at that third spot, and we've seen like, hey, Jones isn't playing. The, there's there's some problems there with not having that second speedier back, um, who's yeah more established in the passing and Dylan's a fine receiving right. back, but is so, so Evans, not as good. Evans is not necessarily a, a speed guy, but he's a, uh, described as being a natural pass catcher. Um, so he's a possibility. I, I, uh, he's, then maybe we get a pick a seventh round cornerback kind of thing they've done before. Um, maybe Ward from LSU, but let's go with a, let's grab our seventh round running back now. If you're all right with that. Yep. Sounds good to me. Um, and, and uh, remind me where he went to college again? Uh, Louisville. Louisville. Nice. All right. Um, and then one more seventh left. two picks left. Oh, two picks left. Oh, that's right. Five seventh round picks, not four this year. Yeah. Um, four last year. I sometimes get a second interior lineman late. Another thing I get is I almost always get a second tight end. I like a guy from North Dakota State. Didn't do a lot, but he looks like he could be athletic. And a big, a bigger guy, Noah Gindorf. That's a great um, name. As just, I'm um, just to grab a guy who might have some upside um, from North Dakota State as a seventh round tight end, as a second tight end. Let's do it. Six six two sixty eight. He only played in three games this past year for North Dakota State, uh, but the previous year he did play in twelve. Um, I would, I think, another tight end totally makes sense. It's a room that's kind of a bit lacking in talent and a seventh rounder isn't necessarily going to make a big dent there, but they need more players in that room because I think Tyler Davis should be challenged for snaps. (laughs) Yeah. And I think this guy has some ability to maybe do a little yak um, and, uh, and hit people. So I think it's going to seventh. And then when we have our last pick, sometimes I get another D tackle as a seventh round D tackle. I like Devon Devonsha Maxwell who's still on the board or um, another guy I like is Nesta Jade Silvera. Who's often in like a, it's like a fourth or fifth round grade in other, other sites. Um, if we want, or a corner, which we don't have a corner yet. I really think they're fine at corner. I really do. Yeah. Cause they, I, they, I think they, they have, have enough. They have, and they have safeties who are going to play slot. They're safeties who are going to play corner. So it's like, I think they're, I think they're fine at corner. Maybe they take another one, maybe late, but I think they have other needs. Uh, I could see another defensive interior guy. Um, yeah. And, and I kind of like, um, he's got a good run defensive grade. I mean, the, the is 
you it's teach the Chattanooga. seventh round. So, You're not going to have great. And so we're yeah. we're just taking a flyer on a guy who. Uh, so so maybe which one did you end up going with? Devonsha Maxwell, out of um, Chattanooga. Yeah, we could take. Nice. A, I could take a quick comparison of these two guys. Uh, I think I mostly liked Maxwell over uh, Silvera in the end, in terms of. Uh, Size and other profiles. So let's go. Let's just go back. Let's just go Maxwell. Let's go to those two guys. Okay. Um, so I'll go and to Devonta Maxwell. Our first official mock draft of the season. Then, do you want to read off the players really quick uh, who we selected, and then we'll yep. take a screenshot. It's... We'll post this to our Twitter as well. Our first official mock draft of the year. We're going to try and have a few more mock drafts as the season goes on. Maybe post. Uh, maybe not in podcast form, but post a few on our Twitter. So okay. we'll have a screenshot of this up on our Twitter later today with this episode. Yeah. Dad, should read I us co- read us off these selections. Should I copy that and uh, text you that? Uh... Just uh, yeah, screenshot it to me later. But for now, just read them off, and we'll we'll wrap up this episode. So with the Packers, We've got Quentin Johnston at the seventh uh, yeah. overall pick. You... Sorry, go, go ahead. Miles Murphy. Miles Murphy at the fifteenth pick. And we got uh, rated as with an A and an A minus for those two picks. Sam Laporta, they thought we reached a little bit um, a tight end, but I think uh, in terms of um, if we wanted to get one of the top tight ends, I think we that round two pick was where we had to go. We, one of those two round two picks, Siaki Ika, um, def- defensive tackle from Baylor, Yair Brown, um, safety from Penn State. We took him a little earlier than they say he's still going to be available, but. I didn't want to count on him still being there at uh, pick 116. Yep, 100% agree. And then we, we we doubled up on Nebraska players with Trey Palmer. So now we've got actually, and we've also now doubled up on former Nebraska wide receivers. Yes. Um, with Trey Palmer joining his uh, ex-teammate Samari Toure. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a depth edge rusher um, behind Murphy and our current players, uh, O'Shawn Mathis. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. I'm kind of making it up as I go along. Uh, second safety, DeMarco Hellams from Alabama. Uh, he's probably more of a, I think, a run defender than cover corner at this point, is, is what it seems like. A couple of uh, depth offensive linemen from Oregon, probably both going to end up on the interior, I think, based on arm length and other measurables. But TJ Bassett played tackle for Oregon and now it's Forsyth, uh, center. Um, give a little. I think the Packers, you just count on them, always grabbing a couple offensive linemen. Every draft, keep keep building keep building depth. Tywan Evans, a seventh round running back. Tyon, I pos- think. Oh, Tyon, not Tyon. Tyon or Tyon, T-I-Y-L-N. Tyon. Yeah, could be any. I don't know. There's no W, though. You were manifesting. Oh, did I go Tywan instead of Tyon? Tyon. Yes, I was changing that... That that uh, Y into a W, maybe it's an Upsilon. And then Gindorf, <laughs> tight end, North Dakota State, and then Devonsha Maxwell, defensive interior out of Chattanooga. And so this has been our first mock draft of the season. I think it adds a lot in that receiver room and along the defensive line to places that the Packers are kind of in need of talent at this point. Getting another tight end or two, also really important. That room has been kind of ignored for a long time. Um, I guess not ignored, but 
swung and miss on Jay Sternberger, and then you have a decent fullback in Deguara, but I think maybe they thought he'd be more than that, spending a third-round pick on him. If you have any thoughts on this mock draft, let us know. Uh, I know that probably they would maybe look to add a safety earlier. We just didn't like how the board fell for safety. It just is how it is sometimes. Sometimes it's not the perfect solution there. It would be interesting to see what they ended up going with at the safety positions if this was their draft. If you have any thoughts, though, let us know on Twitter. Let us know what you liked. Let us know what you didn't like. We're open to criticism. And as the pre-draft and combine um, rest of the offseason go on, the draft positions for a lot of these players are going to change. Players that we took in the second round, like Ika, maybe might rise to the, as a first rounder, might not be available there at 45 anymore. Um, a player like Quentin Johnson, you know, if he doesn't test as expected, maybe there's no way he goes as high as seven. You never know. But this is kind of just to set the tone for where we are with the Packers draft as from like a conceptual point of view, where we think they're going to attack, and then also some players that we're high on right now. But anyway, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Father Son Packers podcast. Dad, do you have anything else you wanted to add before we wrap up here? Nope. I would just say that we we did this on the PFF uh, machine. I usually mock draft on like three or four different sites because they all have different rankings and it's easy to fall into favoring players at a particular round because of where they're ranked in whatever system you're using. So I usually pull up like three or four different rankings and I'll try mock drafts on a couple different sites to try to get a feel for different players falling in different positions. Um, But I do think structurally we can expect a tight end or a safety in the first two days. Maybe they'll trade so that the the, the pick value lines up with the player um, projected position. Um, it's something we didn't do. So like trade back and then pick one of the safeties later in the second. Um, but I, I, I think we're going to see a tight end or two this draft, a safety or two this draft. Um, you're always going to get some linemen. And I, and I actually expect maybe not seventh pick overall but they're going to get a couple of wide receivers again because they uh, don't have very many yes and for all your draft needs like i said make sure to follow our twitter we'll be tweeting out about the draft the rest of the year come listen to shows as we go we'll be talking about the combine coming up uh, what players have the most to gain what players have the most to prove Uh, i'll be talking about free agency as we track this aaron Rodgers situation and we'll be tracking the rest of the packers moves as they try and get under the cap for this coming year so come give us a listen going forward thanks so much for listening here find us on all podcast platforms and until next time go pack go go pack go